catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Monday morning, November 21st. I'm Jacob Sedesi, and this is The Point from WUFT News. Hurricane Ian brought devastation to the state of Florida. Apart from damaging homes and buildings, it also had a significant impact on many trees and the natural environment around areas hit the hardest. I spoke with WUSF Sky LeBron about what some tree advocacy groups are doing to rebuild the natural tree habitat. I wanted to look into some of the different aspects of impacts from Hurricane Ian on our coverage area. In our case, it really affected areas to the south of Tampa near Sarasota, Bradenton area, and then going into south central Florida as well. So uh, we've heard a lot about the buildings and what's been going on with infrastructure and how that was all damaged. But one thing I wanted to look at was the natural environment, see how that was impacted, and specifically for trees. I mean, if you look at the pictures, you could see there is a lot of foliage and trees that were knocked down, uh, destroyed in the storm, uh, whether that be on people's properties or whether that be along the beach. There was just a lot of environmental impact that a hurricane like Ian made. So I wanted to talk to some advocacy groups for trees to figure out what they're doing to kind of restore those areas. You're not going to be able to do it overnight. It's going to be a long process, but kind of how they're starting those efforts now, a little bit over a month after the storm. Yeah, so can you go a little bit deeper into some of the environmental impacts that Hurricane Ian had on Florida? It really goes down to we don't know everything yet because there's still been so many things that are being impacted to this day when it comes to that infrastructure, those buildings, and the environment around there. It's going to take a while. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to one of the sources for this story, um, an environmental activist in the area and she told me that when it comes to the animals for example it's going to take a while for them to even figure it out how many animals were lost in that storm and for in some cases they might have to wait until the spring to do counts because they just don't know how many are buried under some of that rubble some of that foliage and how many were able to fly away or get away in different ways i mean and i'm talking about scrub jays which are very popular down there they 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 like to flock toward that area i'm talking about gopher tortoises which are popular down there as well so it's a long term process i don't think we would really know the full extent of the environmental impact maybe 6 months down the line when they're able to do full studies of of what's going on so can you tell me a little bit more about this organization, People for Trees? How did you get connected with them, and what are they doing to help mitigate these environmental impacts? Yeah, like I said, I was just looking for advocacy groups to talk to, and People for Trees was one of the first ones that popped up, so I gave it a call. Turns out the chair for this group is actually a city commissioner for Northport. Her name's Alice White, and she was a very nice woman. She talked to me almost immediately or gave me some of her time and told me, you know, her group is uh, really big into just different types of trees, tree education, and she talked about how there was Sumter Boulevard, uh, a main thoroughfare in that area, that a lot of the trees were knocked down. There would be sections where the trees were just not affected at all, and then you'd go to a different section and all the trees were wiped out. Um, So that had a really big impact on that area. Well, one thing that stuck out that she said to me was how people were coming to her and saying, hey, we didn't realize what we had until it was gone. These trees are really important to our local community, and it feels empty 
now that we don't have them around. You know, it's one of those things that you don't you take things for granted until you realize how important they were to you now that you don't have it with you. So what they were planning on doing is replanting efforts, but they didn't really want to get too deep into it until FEMA had left the area completely. And then they also talked about different initiatives they want to take next year, not wait until certain dates for tree giveaways and just start to really amp up their tree efforts so that people would have trees to plant. And it, like, like I said in the beginning, it's a multi-year process. It's not like you plant a tree and it sprouts up in a couple weeks. You know, you got to wait years. So the earlier that you could start that process and, and recover what you once had, the better. And the last thing that they were doing was just because a tree is knocked down doesn't necessarily mean that a tree is dead. So they went to Garden of the Five Senses, which is a park down there, and they started standing up trees that were still alive, but just completely knocked down. And that's actually a really tough process, but they were able to do that for a few of the trees there. And I think it just goes to show how hard that they're trying to just feel a little bit of normalcy and uh, recover from such a devastating storm. That was WUSF Sky LeBron on what tree advocacy groups are doing to rebuild the natural tree habitats devastated by Hurricane Ian. Now let's catch you up on today's top stories from around the state. Naloxone is now available for distribution in all 67 Florida counties. The medicine is more commonly known as Narcan. It restores breathing for someone in danger of a narcotic overdose. According to WGCU's Carrie Barber, this comes after a statewide law allowed for broader access to emergency treatment for opioid overdose, which is becoming increasingly common around the state. To find Naloxone near you anywhere in Florida, visit isavefl.com. Orlando International Airport expects record-breaking numbers of travelers for the Thanksgiving holiday. WMFE's Danielle Pryor reports that the airport could see a 10% increase in passengers over last year's holiday rush, with around 1.75 million passengers expected. That's the same number of passengers that used the airport during the record-breaking 2019 Thanksgiving holiday. Officials say travelers should arrive early, be aware of delays, and be prepared for parking garages to fill up quickly. Reports show that the United States produces the largest per capita plastic waste in the world, but only half as much plastic is getting recycled now compared to 2014. But WLRN's Yvonne Zumtobel reports that one Miami resident is doing her part by opening the packaging-free store Verde Market across Miami and Fort Lauderdale. And finally, Governor Ron DeSantis announced state offices will be closed November 23rd, December 23rd, and December 30th. The state already planned to close offices on Thanksgiving and the day after, along with the day after Christmas and the day after New Year's. The governor says he made the decision to reward state employees for working hard to respond to Hurricanes Ian and Nicole. Subscribe to The Point Newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Visit WUFT.org for more information. I'm Jacob Sedesi, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great Monday.